Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to pan like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. All right. Welcome back, listeners. I'm here with Jenny, my podcast partner. I'm Anna. We're both master food preservers and here with you for the Perfectly Preserved podcast. I'm so excited for this episode because I get to interview Jenny because Jenny has just written and has a book coming out in April. It's called The Pressure Canner Cookbook. Is that right, Jenny? That's the title? The Pressure Canning Cookbook. Perfect. Okay. So Jenny's going to talk us through like all the ins and outs of writing a book specifically for preserving and just some of her like best parts, most difficult parts, all of it, because I've never written a cookbook. I've never written a book. I don't know what it's like. So Jenny's going to give us the insider tour and I'm so excited. So Jenny, let's start us off. Why this topic? Okay, great question. I actually wrote a water bath canning cookbook that I hope someday will be available to you all. But with that completed manuscript, I got a literary agent. And that literary agent, it's called Shopping Your Book. She took it to publishers and said, give Jenny a lot of money to publish this book. (laughs) And all the publishers said, thank you, but no thank you, because Uh, you know, they already have a water bath canning book or they, you know, their, their list of books that they were going to do for the following year were already was completed or whatever. I don't know what they said. They didn't ever tell me anything. They just told the agent this. She found a publishing house called Skyhorse that said, wow, this is really great. We can't do a water bath canning book, but our readers always are asking for a pressure canning book. Would Jenny like to write a pressure canning book? And I said yes, (laughs) and then I signed a contract that said I will write a book of this many words with this many photographs and this many recipes, and then I was paid a minuscule, very small amount, (laughs) uh, which is called the advance, Uh, and and if you were like J.K. Rowling, right, the author of Harry Potter, you would get many, 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 many dollars. I did not get many dollars. Just to be clear. I mean, it was it was great. Like, I'm very happy with it. It's all going to be fine. But I did not get paid many, many dollars. And then I just wrote the book, which we will talk about at length. But that is why this topic. Because readers were asking for it, right? Yes. Yes. And before I said yes, 100%, I clicked around and like looked at my own book collection and, you know, there's some great pressure canning books out there, but there's a lot that were very dated. And I remember I found one that had a lot of sales and a lot of not awesome reviews. And the reviews were saying things that made me really sure that this author, I don't know her personally, I don't know who she is, 
probably got accidentally tied into a contract where she was supposed to come up with some huge number of recipes. And as our wise listeners know, you can safely pressure can water bath canning recipes. And this particular book had critics in the review saying, this is silly. This says 101 pressure canning. I don't know if it was 101, but a lot of pressure canning recipes, but many of them are water bath recipes. And I thought this poor author, I bet, I'm just, I'm just making a guess here. She probably just got accidentally like, you know, either the publisher was like, more, more, we need more recipes. Or she agreed to come up with more recipes and then realized like, right. you can't, you you know, you have to do tested stuff. So anyway, I don't know what happened to that poor woman, but she was roasted in the reviews. And I felt very sorry for this person I've never met. But the fact of the matter is an author with good moral scruples will provide recipes that are safe. And there's just a limit to the number of ingredients you can use in a pressure canning recipe. So, right. I mean, that's good to know because even though you may write a book and publish a book, it's not necessarily going to be a good book. So, right. Or maybe that person, I, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know what happened with that, but I, it, it made me feel like, uh oh, this person somehow got shoehorned into creating a number of recipes that was not possible. And then ended up putting like canned peaches in the pressure canning book, which is an appropriate recipe for water bath canning. Anyway, the publisher wanted a fresh pressure canning book. And that is what I have written. Perfect. And okay, so I'm not a writer. I don't love writing. But how long did it take you to write this? <laughs> so I wrote <laughs> 100 million hours. <laughs> no. Like years. Uh, well, when I signed the book, contract I had one year to produce the manuscript and so one thing that I would say was I worked really hard so I signed in August and I canned like literally every chance I got September October November and then took off December and January, I think, and probably had a very sluggish February. And then March, April, May, like, I am not a procrastinator. I do not put things off. But it was like, once we hit springtime, the pressure was, ugh. I should have just had it all done by Christmas. I really should have gone mm. faster or I don't know how I could have gone faster. Quit my job because I, I'm a teacher. <laughs> I should have maybe done something a little differently, <laughs> but it was hard to make time to both figure out what recipe I was going to test that day, get the ingredients for that recipe that I was going to test that day, can the recipe, decide if it was good, type the recipe in a way that was had like the engaging blurb at the beginning, and then write out the recipe. So it just, it just took, right. like if you're just writing a novel, there's not a whole lot of stuff that has to happen before or after you're typing, but for a cookbook, there's a lot that has to happen before and after, and that just took a lot of time. And then the editing part, uh, I think I sent my manuscript to my editor in June. He had to comb through it, and all of July and two weeks into August, it was like hardcore every day, several hours of editing to make it... Such that when you read a, a cookbook, any kind of cookbook, the way that 
you're told to like dice the onions or chop the onions or mince the onion. Like all of that has to be exactly the same from recipe to recipe. So to standardize the recipe instructions and to make it crystal clear, like that was, I think that was my number one goal was to make pressure canning clear and easier for a brand new beginner. It just took a ton of editing time, hours and hours and hours in August, hours (laughs) in July and August. Wow. So, I mean, can you even estimate like how many hours you've put into the cookbook? Like it was close to 40 hours a week in July, just at the end, which is editing and the kind of like thinking, just never leaving the computer. It's a beautiful day. I had to send my kids with friends to take them swimming because I couldn't go because I was doing this editing. But I mean, that's like, that's the price of writing a book, right? But then the canning part, it was like three times a week at least that I would pressure can a recipe in a day. And that takes, that was like a three hour thing at least every day. I couldn't even guess how many hours. It just, yeah. it took, a, it was a long time. Uh, it took a little bit of time. Well, like over a thousand probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a really great podcast I listened to about publishing a cookbook and she just described the same kind of t- like it just takes a lot of time to to research a recipe to figure out like is this going to work and I would double check okay can I can all these things together does this make sense yeah thousands of hours but but okay these are hours where like I'm my own boss yeah. I'm doing something I love I like to write I I love canning it wasn't like torturous work but it did take a lot of time yeah Right. Yeah. But I mean, just to give our listeners an idea of how much time it would take to do it, even if you love doing it, it's still time. Like you said, time away from your family. Yeah. At least 10 hours a week for six months and then a million hours in July and August. Lots and lots of hours in July and August. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about like what the easiest thing was about writing the book and then the hardest. That's what I really want to know. So the easiest part was at the very beginning after I signed the canning cookbook contract, <laughs> I I pulled out my best love recipe books and I combed through and thought what would which of these recipes that I love would be amazing canning recipes. And I put a million post-it notes on these recipes and it was kind of like my, that was my research phase and that was really fun. And I would like tell my, you know, ask my husband like, hey, remember that time I made this thing, this chicken dish, wouldn't that be good canned? You know, the brainstorming part, fun, fun, fun. And then the canning part was fun too, because I was, I, I don't normally can pressure can recipes three times a week, right? Like that's a lot. It was like, yeah, every day, practically three times a week or so or more. My family had a completely different thing to eat for supper because I would only can half of it and the rest of it I would save like, okay, this is what we're eating for dinner because I was taking so much time, right? So it kind of was fun in that way that okay, that was part of my, it was like recipe testing plus I'm cooking dinner. And that was fun too because it forced my family to eat, you know, recipes we hadn't tried before or in a way I hadn't done them before. And that was all fun and easy. The hard part was I mentioned at the beginning uh, that I got a teeny, teeny, tiny amount of dollars as an advance. And I also was responsible for the food photography. I thought 
And I was advised by my the photographer that I normally use for all of my blog content and my and my good photos, right? She said, Yeah, you can do it, Jenny. Nope. Like, I'll help you pick out the camera. You know, I love her. She's a wonderful photographer, Della Hayden of Circle Bar Photography. <laughs> and she was, she was like so amazing. Got me to help me pick out a camera. I buy the camera. She gives me several lessons in my home. This is what you do. And I think it just is a fact that not everyone loves photography. And it turns out I am one of those people. It was so time consuming to not only get the ingredients, make sure the meat's defrosted, chop all the vegetables, make sure everything's ready, take an incredible photograph in the early morning golden light coming through my window, clean the kitchen table so that I have this beautiful flat (laughs) light. Remember how to use this godforsaken camera. That was terrible because it just sucked up a ton of time. I did not find it enjoyable. And I should have just maybe known myself better and just thought, I do not want to learn this. I should just pay the photographer to do this. So what ended up happening was I just struggle bust through the photography for kind of a long time. And then I just kind of stopped taking pictures because I was like, I can't, I, I just did not have time to set up this photography thing and can it, right? So at the very well, what was it? Like June, I think. It was hot. I just had my normal photographer come and take photos of the finished recipes. And I just would have saved myself a ton of agony if I just would have done it that way. That was hard. And then the other thing, actually, one of the very first worries I had about this was like, and you'll know this if you've ever pressure canned anything, pressure canned food, meat in particular, is hideous. Don't you think, Anna? Just atrocious looking? It's aesthetically unpleasing to the eye. That's for sure. It's, it can look, it can look, I mean, some of it looks like, okay. And I'm sure other food photographers, I remember I read like a thing about like, how do you make beef stroganoff look good? That's not a canning recipe, but just meat and sauce like can look really hideous. And it was for a complete photography novice, very difficult to make canned food look beautiful. And then I mentioned the other hard part was editing at the end, just making sure every recipe was super consistent and super clear. That was really, really challenging. I have an awesome editor named Willie Mathis. He is a saint. He is funny. He is kind. He is a genius. But he really pushed me like, this has to be clear. That has to be even clearer than that, Jenny. How do you say this in a way that is super, super clear? So I I think it is a very clear mm-hmm. book now after lots of lots of hours in front of the computer. Well, I think so too. I Like I said, I got a sneak peek of it and I absolutely loved it. Like I loved how clear it was. It was concise. There wasn't a uh, flowery language where there didn't need to be. I thought it read really well. Oh, so that was one thing I wanted to say the best part. One of the best parts of this process was I was asked by the publishing house, who could blurb your book, which is the little quotes on the back of the book that are from experts in the field or other thought leaders in the space that are saying like, hey, this is a good book. And I had thought a lot about who I wanted to ask. And one person was uh, our dear Anna Cash and her blurb. I mean, it just was so, so kind and I feel like it was a genuine review in that it would help a reader know what this book was going to be about. The other person that I asked or that I told the publisher you can ask was Marisa McClellan of the Food in Jars blog. And she's also the author of 
several canning books of the same name, Food in Jars. She's, I mean, she's, like I explained it to my husband, like she's an OG. She is a thought leader in the canning space. All of her material is excellent, high quality. She's been very gracious to me over the years online. And the blurb she wrote for me was just so kind and just beyond what I could have ever asked anybody to say about anything. I mean, it just was really, really affirming. And I I don't think she she wasn't doing it. She could have just said no or just not responded to their email or she could have like told me to, you know, take a hike. But it was just a, a super wonderful. <laughs> it was a super wonderful affirmation from a really wonderful thought leader in the space. So that was like a surprise best part, I guess. Yes. Well, I don't dole out compliments as readily as some people because I I want my word to to be my word. I want it to be what I really yeah. think and and I really did love your book and I'm excited to do a bunch of these recipes like they look so good. Mm. So, you should be proud. Thank you. Thank you. I am proud. I am proud. And it probably feels good after you did all of that work to now see the fruits of your labor in I mean, it's a lot of work, but then now I'm done working on it. It's, it's just, it's, uh, it was a big push. And now, I mean, I've never ran a marathon, but I imagine that's what it's like, like parts that are easy, parts that are hard, but then at the very end, it's terrible. I guess that's what it would probably would be like. One question that I know Anna asked me, <laughs> asked me before we started was, what are my favorite recipes? One that turned out, like, I thought like, this may not, this one may not be good, uh, but turned out to be so good was a recipe I'm calling Mexican bean and bone. And it was with a shank bone, which is a leg bone and black beans. And it just turned out just delicious, like tastes like you cooked it low and slow for hours and hours, but the pressure canner does a lot of the work for you. It turned out to be a super delicious kind of take on a tortilla soup. Super delicious. I feel like the, I don't actually love mushrooms. But I have several very good mushroom recipes. And even I was like, this is pretty good. And my husband loved them. He's very critical. So there's a great mushroom stock recipe. And then like, uh, I think I called it Mighty Mushrooms. So they're just canned mushrooms that, that would look beautiful on a charcuterie board. And they actually can really well. And then there's two sections that I was really stoked about, which was the bone broth section. So I just give a ton of information about how to go about canning bone broth what all the different things you can put in a bone broth and how to do it, how to invite friends over, how to break the project into several steps. And then the final section I was really excited about was the Bloody Mary section. If you are a person who does not imbibe alcohol, a Bloody Mary is a alcoholic cocktail that is like uh, a tomato juice base. And usually it's served with vodka or tequila. But I have a whole section with canned garnishes that would go in this cocktail and you could can it and just not ever put any alcohol in it. It would be like drinking a really delicious V8 drink, like a, a vegetable juice drink. I love all of that. I am really interested to try that bean and shank or what's it called? Mexican? Bean? <laughs> I called it I called it Mexican bean and bone. I mean, it seems like kind of a crazy recipe, but it turned out it was a oh. very cheap cut of meat that turned out delicious. Perfect. I mean, that's that's really like where pressure canning shines is with those cheaper cuts of meat that you can cook at a high temperature for a long time and softens them and that fat like gelatinizes into this just gorgeous piece of meat. Mm, you got it. 
Okay. So when is your book going to be available and where can people purchase it? Because that's what we really need to know. Okay. So the Pressure Cannon Cookbook by yours truly, Jennifer Gomes, will be available anywhere books are sold on April 2nd, 2023. It would really be amazing if you listeners, you could pre-order it now on Amazon and that would be incredible. I would be eternally grateful. And I think as the date gets closer, we'll be able to share a little bit more about how that's going. But that would just be super amazing. If you have someone in your life that you know would love to learn how to pressure can, I think they would love the pressure canning cookbook available April 2nd, anywhere books are sold. Well, I know people are going to love it. So you don't have to wonder if people are going to love it. They will love it. Uh, Anna, thank you. All right, Jenny, thanks so much for telling us all about writing canning cookbook. I'm excited for April 2nd. I'm going to go pre-order that now so I can have it to sit on my countertop when I'm feeling. I'm so excited. Ah, Anna, thank you so much. And thank you, listeners. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.